God, we thank You that You sent Your Son to die for us. That Jesus, You came to this earth, walked, lived. You were tempted, but perfect. You were perfect and You went to the cross perfect and took all of our sin upon You and died. But You rose from the grave to prove that You are the Christ, the Son of God. We thank You for that. And I pray this morning that as we read James chapter 2 and we, and we, and we work our way through it, that, that we allow it to change us. That, that we allow Your Word and You and the Holy Spirit that is with, within us to change us, to make us more and more like You, Jesus. And it's in Your name that I pray. Amen. Alright, James chapter 2. Let's do some reading. It says, My brethren... Do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings, a fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He promised to those who loved Him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak, and so do, as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We'll hold up there. Quite a statement that James puts out here. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Favoritism. Maybe your Bible says favoritism. Unfair bias. Favor of one thing or person compared with another. That's partiality. Partiality is something that is not part of the love of Jesus. Partiality is something that we allow to come into us because of our flesh. We hold one over the other. Most of the time within the first three seconds of you meeting somebody, you've judged them. You've put them in their places to where you rank them in your ranking system. But he says, hey, 
Hey, brothers and sisters. Hey, family. Hey, children of God. Us. Love people. Love people the way I call you to love them. Don't don't hold one more than the other or higher than the other. But maybe for us, it's not rich or poor. Maybe it's looks. Maybe it's appearance. Maybe it's that they, they, they look a little different or they act a little different than what I think they should act or look. If we greet one person one way, but we greet the next a little different. We have partiality. We have a difference in the way that we, that we love them. And it's saying, don't do that. Don't hold one higher than the other. But you know, uh, I, I, I want to show a clip this morning. And I saw this clip. I I want you to understand the setting of this, okay? I saw this clip for the first time yesterday. Now, I know that it's been out for a a little while, maybe a couple weeks, but they've made many. But I have not seen any of these. I'm kind of stuck under a rock, I think, maybe. I don't know. My girls had seen it. Christy and I had not. But I saw this video, this clip, it was a commercial, with the eyes of James 2. And so when I show you this clip, I want you to know that I'm not supporting the organization in which that made it, and neither is Beecher Island. Okay? I want you to watch this commercial for what it is, with the eyes of James 2. I want you to watch it with this. My brethren... Do not hold faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. I want you to view it with those eyes. And I know that there is some controversy about this video, and if you have that, leave it at home, okay? I I don't care about the controversy. I care about how Jesus calls you and me to be in Him. And so we're going to watch it, and please watch it with the eyes of Jesus Christ with no partiality. All right. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Now, I know that they went to the extreme. But isn't that what we do? 
Don't we go to the extremes when we see the appearance of a person? Maybe the way somebody acts? And we say, I I don't know. I don't know how to act if they came into my church. But Jesus says, hey, open up your heart. Love them. I want you to know that every person that came to Jesus was a sinner. Every person that he stepped in front of and was in the presence of were sinners except for him. Every one of these people are sinners in one way or another. Me too. Me too. Jump over with me to Luke 15. You see, it's not just about who walks into this church, but it's about who walks into your life. It's about the opportunities that you get. It's about the opportunities that you understand who you are. And you understand that God gives us opportunities to shine His light. Luke chapter 15. It says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Him to hear Him. Wait a minute. The tax collectors and all the, and the sinners drew near to him. Who came near to him? The tax collectors who everybody hated, spit on, didn't trust, hated. They felt like they were thieves, took their money. They hated them. And the sinners drew near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them? I want you to hear that. So he spoke. So Jesus spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he finds it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need repentance. Amen, amen. Rejoicing over those who are lost. You see, I want to talk about how I got to this clip. I just want to bring you along in my story. I called one of our elders, Adam, because Adam shared with most, he shared his testimony here before, and I got permission to talk about him because he's not here, so I got so so I can. <laughs> he told me that he when he was young. Um, he had spiked purple hair, earrings. I think he maybe had some posts in his eyebrows, a nose ring, a tongue ring. Like, <clears throat> didn't look like 
us. But today, today he says, God, your will, not mine. Today he says, God, if you, if you want me to be an elder, well, okay. If that's your call for me. I'm not lifting Adam up, but what I'm saying is, is that Christ is amazing. And he looks at our heart, not our outward appearance. Man looks at the outward appearance. James is telling us, quit looking at the appearance and look at the heart and show love and pour out love. And if one is lost, let's go get them. Let's bring them in. Let's not shun them because they look different. They think different. They might believe something different in society than you do. James says no partiality. You see, it goes on though. Back to James chapter 2, verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Don't commit sin in your life because you don't like the sin in their life. Amen? Don't commit sin in your life because you don't like the sin in theirs. It's been said a lot, right? Love the person, not the sin. How about you let the sin be between them and God? And you just love one another. Because I'll tell you what, all those that we saw, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you could see their sin. Not all of them, but maybe you could see their sin hanging on their shoulder. Mine doesn't hang on my shoulder, but I absolutely have it in my life. And I pray that you don't shun me because of my sin. But my sin is just as bad as theirs. You see, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. If you have any sin in your life at all, you're a sinner. Period. You're a sinner. And you're not any worse or better than the next sinner. It doesn't change. It's not ranked. It doesn't follow our ranking system even though we want it to be. Sin is sin. And Paul actually said, I'm, I'm the greatest of y'all in that category. We should all say the same. And not put anybody under us because of their sin or above us because of their sin. No partiality. But you see, some will say, well, that whole washing feet deal, that whole washing feet deal is not okay. 
Well, I want you to go over to me with John with, with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. John chapter 13 says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come, that He should depart from this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas. I want you to hear that. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Issachar, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garment, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my feet, my head. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garment, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. He washed the feet of the guy who betrayed him. If we're not supposed to literally or figuratively wash the feet of people in our life that come into our church, I think we got it wrong. No partiality. I said at the beginning that I watched a video and it's called uh, a Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And in that Jesus revolution. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not I'm not up here um, supporting or, or in support or not support of a movie. I'm just sharing with you. In that movie, if you haven't watched it, I'm going to ruin it for you just so you know a little bit. Okay, so in the church, right, all these hippies start coming into the church and, and a few people in the church aren't okay with it. They're not okay with it. 
And they had all kinds of excuses as to why they weren't okay with it. And they went to the pastor and said, you better fix this. And so the next time they met, he washed all, all of their feet as they entered the church. Because one of their deals were their feet are dirty. So he washed their feet as they entered the church. Church, I, I, I want to be that way. I don't want any partiality. I don't want any favoritism. And if I have showed partiality to you in a way that is not good, please forgive me. I want to love like Christ calls me to love. And that means in this church, that means outside, that means anybody who comes into my life, anybody, and that includes my own family. I want to encourage us as a church that anybody that walks into your life, and that means here or at your home or, or at your job or at the grocery store or, or at the basketball game or I don't really care, that we love on them. And we allow them to see the light of Jesus and that He said, come to me. He didn't say, go fix yourself and then come. No, he said, come to me. Let me be a part of your life. Come and follow me. And then go and sin no more. Church, that's who I want to be. I don't want to commit sin in my own life because I don't like the sin in somebody else's life. And in all this, I want you to know that Jesus' love has no partiality. He loves you, period. He loves you more than you can fathom. He, he loves you so much that He died for you. And in that, His blood covers you. Covers you. And it says over and over, and, it, and if you're not in our Sunday school class, we're in 1 John 5 and 1 John, or 1 John chapter 5 and 1 John chapter 5 says over and over and over again, believe and you'll have life. Believe and you will have life. So listen to me this morning. Jesus loves you so much that He says, listen, believe that I am the Christ, the Son of God. And when you believe that about Him, He says, you will have life. It doesn't matter how you dress, how much money you have or don't have. Your political views, it doesn't matter. He says, I love you. It doesn't matter what trauma you've gone through. It doesn't matter what sins you've struggled with, what addictions you have, what your thoughts are. He says, I love you. So much that I died for you so that my blood can cover you and you will have 
no sin. Amen. And when we go and get to see the Father, when our time on earth is done, Jesus will be right there saying, He's clean. He's clean. I can't wait. It'll be a good day. And I want you to know that. That that's how much He loves you. There's no partiality in the love of Jesus. And and in that I pray that we strive to be the same. So let me just tell you this morning that if you don't know Jesus and you don't know His love, I want to encourage you to allow Him to be your Lord and Savior. I want you to know that He did die for you. That God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son to die for you. And if you don't know Him and you have not allowed Him to be your Lord and Savior, today, don't let another day go by. Today is the day that you allow Him to be your Lord and Savior. And I would love to talk with you if you're doing that today. In that also though, if you have, been, if you have come to Him but you're struggling. Struggling with a sin. Struggling with, with life. Struggling with whatever it be. I'd love to pray with you. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, we just thank You. Thank You so much for Your love. We thank You that it's, there is no partiality. We thank You that we have the words that are written in James chapter 2 that call us to, be, to rise above that, to rise above the flesh that, that wants to divide. Rise above the flesh that, that wants to put, put people in, in a ranking. But Lord, help us to, to knock that down. Help us to be about you and your love in exactly the way it is. No favoritism. Just love. Lord, we thank you that we can stand in you and know that we have life, that we have forgiveness. Thank you that it's in you we can overcome the troubles, the struggles, the things in our life that are trying to derail us from the relationship that we have with you. Lord, I just pray this morning that we as a church, that we as children of of you, that, that we would... That we would love like you call us to love. Not just in this building, but everywhere in our life. And Lord, I pray that if people have felt partiality in this church, that that they forgive us of it. And that in that, we, we lift them up in love. Lord, we thank you though for your truth also. And Lord, I pray that we stand in your truth And that we call sin, sin. But we love people like you do. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen.